Welcome Builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. We'd like to welcome you to the Build Your Success Podcast today. We thank you for taking your time to listen. I'm so excited to have a special guest today. We've been talking about this for a few weeks and, and just... The preview has been really good. So I've got Robert Maynard here. Rob is the national sales manager for True Blue Inc., the largest industrial labor provider in the United States. True Blue operates in 70 countries, works with 152 of Fortune 500, and has connected over 730,000 people with work. Rob's risen through the ranks to become a top industry performer in the $150 billion U.S. staffing market. He's also likes to work on vision, mindset, and results. He's out there posting things on LinkedIn. I've known Rob for several years now. He's become a friend of mine. So with that, welcome, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I got uh, a little nervous coming out of the the gates this morning. I was thinking to myself, hey, geez, you know, I want to be able to make a huge impact in your audience. And I'm I've listened to a lot of the things that you've been doing, and um, I get super excited about being here and being a part of it because I think you're doing great things, and I want to be able to contribute a little piece of me to be able to give back to others that could possibly learn and take their uh, opportunities to the next level. Well, that's great. And, you know, we got here because you, you commented on one of my posts and said, Brian, I love what you're doing. And you know what? I love doing it, too. It's a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Helping people encouraging people, inspiring people. That's what this is all about. It's the guests we try to get on here, guys like you. Hey, for our listeners, I'm getting to do this face-to-face today with Rob. We're at a SCORE event. It's an industry event both he and I participate in, but uh, the face-to-face is definitely a lot a lot of fun to do. So, hey, let's roll right into this, Rob. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you're at today in the, in the business? It was a long, bumpy road. Um, I spent the last 14 years... To probably 20 years of my life trying to figure it out. Um, I did a lot of things wrong. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that I had growing uh, growing up in this business, just in business in general, were my beliefs, right? I had very limiting beliefs, and a lot of it was due to you know, really where I came from, how I grew up. Um, and I grew up great with a great mom. Um, I grew up with a dad who wasn't really present. They provided me with a lot of opportunity and options, probably more than most kids. Um, but for me, the biggest challenge was, even though I had everything handed to me, not, I wouldn't necessarily say handed to me, I had a lot of opportunity provided, but my mind went other places, right? I found every reason why I couldn't. And I think it even started going back to a young age, right? I look back at the five-year-old version of me when I would strike out repeatedly, what would happen? I, I hated the baseball game, right? I wanted to put it down, right? Because I wasn't getting the result that I wanted. And that morphed my belief to saying, hey, I'm not any good. So over the last 15, 20 years, um, it's been a lot of ups and downs. I've, had, I've hit rock bottom. And it was in 2007 when I hit rock bottom that I realized I needed to change and I needed to change my story because the story that I was living wasn't the one that was getting me the result that I wanted. And I struggled. I struggled with that. And I still struggle with that. 
because I got a two thousand or sorry two million year old mind and brain that's built on ultimately survival, and it's always there to be able to find the negative things, right? And it's not meant to make your make us happy, right? So I really struggled with that, and everything I saw around me was negative, right? Because I wasn't succeeding. I wasn't succeeding as a parent. I wasn't succeeding at my job. I wasn't succeeding economically. I became homeless in 2007. So at that you know, you know, pivotal point in time, I realized I needed to, to make a change. And it wasn't just because of, for me. It had to do with my biggest reason, which is my why. And my why was my child, right? I had a young child, a young son, who um, deserved more. And looking at what I was being able to provide him wasn't wasn't enough. So I knew I needed to change certain things about me and own the fact that I didn't like who I was and what I was doing. And the minute I was able to shift and change my story and change my state, I was able to generate far more greater results. I was able to take my business from zero to, you know, $33.5 million, you know, in 2020, oh, sorry, 2019. Yeah, and I, and I hear you, there's those challenges you faced, and you have the same mind you had then, but you have a different mindset. That's right. And so I think here in your story, we, you know, we've been talking about this for a little while now, you, you, you could have done it five years sooner had sure. you changed that mindset. Absolutely. And, and so the mindset is such a powerful thing for us when we can overcome our struggles, our weaknesses, our history. I like to say my past does not define my future. You know, all the mistakes I've made in my life and the mistakes that my family has made doesn't have to define me. I, I can make a new, you know, they say start today and make a new tomorrow. I can do that. I have the power inside me and you have it in you. And everybody listening to this podcast has that capability. Without question. Without question. I think the biggest thing for me is really defining with a high degree of specificity, right? I had to get really specific around what I wanted, uh, what I needed. Right, uh, because I think a lot of our needs and wants—they're physical, right? They're tied to people, places, and things, right? So I had to get really specific around what did I really want from myself. Not in terms of generality, right? Um, anybody can say, "Hey, if I look back on the last twelve months, right?" I said, "Hey, if I had a goal of saying, hey, I wanted to lose weight, my mind can't go to work to help me.'" lose weight. I had to get really specific around what I wanted, right? So I wanted to say, hey, I wanted to get to 210. So same thing with, you know, quitting smoking. I was a smoker for 22 and a half years, smoked a pack and a half a day. I quit instantaneously. Okay. So for me, when I identify specificity and get really particular and I'm very clear around the goals that I want, that for me became the game changer, right? It allowed me to get really laser focused on what I want and eliminate the things that I don't want, okay? So for me, that's super, super important. It's no different than, um, I think you and I were talking earlier this morning, you know, I'm a big gym guy now, right? I lost 47 pounds in the last year. Um, and I use this analogy a lot with people I work with. They said, hey, if you go to the gym and you want big arms, you can't go to the gym and work everything. What do you need to do? You need to focus and get specific around working your arms, right? That's the only way you can do that. So the other thing I, I thought about, too, was looking at um, the more specific we are in relation 
to our overall goals. The more app we're able to build the right plan, the how aspect of being able to achieve those, right? We could start to reverse engineer those things. So for me, specificity was super key. And that's one thing I really preach to everyone, that we have to get really laser focused around what we want and then reverse engineer to be able to help understand and figure out what it's going to take to get there. Yeah, that focus is an empowering tool, man. So, you know, we, we want to do a lot of things with it. Those of us that are ambitious in life, I mean, I want to own a business. I want to be a restaurant. I want to do this. And you get this list of things. And until you concentrate on one thing and start working towards that, you and I had the conversation this morning about finances. Yeah. You know, when I, when I got disciplined about saving money, I'm on a trajectory that I can see the end in sight. And, and I understand if I continue to do that and continue to take those steps, the results I'm after are going to happen. But you can't do that overnight. It's not going to happen overnight. And you can't work on that and work on this and work on 16 things. As much as we like to multitask, this laser focus is, is really important. Work on what you need to work on in the moment. Make it happen. You know, And you might can check something off your list and move on to something else. Right. Work on those things that you need to work on. That, that's awesome. So, so you've told me that you enjoy coaching people to shift their focus because we our thoughts go. Let's let me just say how you said it here. Because where our thoughts go, our energy flows. I'd yeah. love you to expound on that for us. So ultimately, our obsessions become our possessions. Okay. So when I look at you know where our thoughts go, our energy flows. When we're focused and we're specific about what we're chasing, we're more apt to take massive action towards those things, right? So I always tell people all the time, I say, hey, you know what? When you're driving in to and from work every day, tell me what you see. Most people don't remember what they saw. You probably don't remember what you saw coming here. But if I told you, hey, Brian, on your way home, I want you to find out-of-state license plates, with that focus, what are you going to find? out-of-state license plates, right? So when our focus and what we focus on is where we're more apt to, to be able to create the energy to be able to take massive action towards that focus, right? So again, our obsessions become our possessions. When we obsess about worry, what do we get? Worry. When we focus about success, what do we get? We get success, right? Because we're willing to commit to taking massive amounts of action towards those beliefs. But we have to get laser focused. Again, it all goes back to targeting, right? Getting super laser focused and specific on the result that we want and then being able to create massive amounts of action to be able to create that result. Makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and sometimes I think human nature says success is perfection. And it's not. None of the, you know, you and I talked about some of these great speakers and profound leaders they're not perfect, man. They make mistakes. Yeah. And and, and we, we try to hold ourselves to too high of a standard sometimes and then give up. It's not that we, we can't do something, but we got to stay focused and stay on track to get towards that. And, right. and that got to have that motivation, as you're saying. I love this obsession becomes possessions, man. Man, think about that. Yeah. That whatever our minds are constantly on, we're going to do that. I, I have a pastor friend that says, Whatever you want to do, you'll do. If you make up your mind, you're going somewhere, you can figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And you will if it becomes something you want to do. Without question. And look at this. Uh, so you were talking about a pastor friend of yours. If you read Luke 11-9, 
Luke 11-9 says, Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will open. Right? So if you think about what that actually means, right? What am I asking for? What do I want? Right? So a lot of what we're talking about is getting what we want. Seek, and you shall find. Right? Getting specific around what we're looking for. Right? Because that's extremely key. And then knock. The door shall open. What is knocking? It's creating an action. Right? So this good book written in 175 AD, this whole concept is not a new concept. It was written years and years upon years ago. Right? But the mindset and everything we're talking about stays true. I love that. That's one of my favorite scriptures, actually. And, and then think about the acronym. The first letter is ask. The second is seek. And the third is not. Ask. Right? Just ask. Yeah. <laughs> think absolutely. about that. And, and, uh, so that's great. But you got to be, be knocking. And it's got to be a knock someone can hear. Without question. <laughs> absolutely. And I think, you know, the most important thing that people don't realize is that it all starts and ends with you. And we have to become more self-aware of what we do and actually actively listen to ourselves. Okay? Most of us don't listen to ourselves. We hear, right? Just like I heard things my mom told me growing up, but that I actually actively listen. And actively listen in anything we do is an extremely important you know, attribute, right? Whether you're a leader like you of, of, of a really great company, or you're me as a national salesperson who's constantly trying to understand where companies are going, where they've been actively listening and becoming aware of the story that we're telling yourself is super important, right? So I usually talk to a lot of people and I say, well, hey, tell me what your, you know, your best attribute is and do you actively listen to yourself and others? And I was just talking to a gentleman who I'm, I'm coaching right now out of Memphis. He says, yeah, Rob, I believe I'm a good listener. I said, you're a good listener. I said, okay, you feel that's one of your strong suits? My wife tells me I am. I said, okay, okay, it's great. She tells you are. I said, I'm going to tell you a little brain teaser. I said, usually if we actively listen to the story, the answer is always within that story. So I said, I'll tell you the same thing. I got a nickel, a dime, and a quarter in my hand. Bob's mom has three kids, Demetrius and Nicholas. What's the name of the third kid? I've heard it before, but it's Bob. It's Bob, right? But you heard it before, so most people, because they don't actively listen, they're like, it's quarterless, it's pennyless, and penny wasn't even in there. But because of the fact that they didn't actively listen, they never saw the solution. And the same thing goes with becoming self-aware. In our journey to help us achieve, we need to listen to our story. We need to understand that where we're going, where we're from, and where we want to be. But we need to listen to the message that we constantly tell ourselves because that will prohibit or it will help our ability to help us achieve what we want. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. You're, you're helping me, Rob, here. I've, I've been working on actively listening to others because I am the guy. That is, is ready to respond. I mean, I, I am, I'm, I'm preparing a response while you're talking, and I miss some of the things you say. I'm getting better about taking notes. I mean, right. I, that helps me to slow down. And to, but but I, I want to back up. Sure, please. Active listening to yourself. 
You're the first person I've heard say that. That, that, that is powerful because too often, you know, we don't want to be talking to ourselves. You're a crazy person if you talk to yourself. But, but you can have these mindset conversations. I am going to do this. This is how I'm going to do it. You know, I've, I've been learning recently about the, that really quiet time to think through how I'm going to do today, to think through how I'm going to take care of this problem. Uh, hit the pause button. Uh, those things are very powerful for us. And so help us, help us out a little more that active listening to yourself. That, that's great. So for me, I was never, ever self, really self-aware. I knew that we are all creatures of habit. You and I talked about this prior to this podcast, that uh, we're almost habitual to a fault. Um, but for me, I always acted. I never sat back and reflected and said to myself, hey, what am I doing? Is what I'm doing helping me ultimately maximize the result that I want to get? And I never really actually did that. I never took time to be able to self-reflect. And I think that's super important for us as human beings to really understand, hey, what is the consistent message we're, we're telling ourselves? Are we sending the wrong message to ourselves? Are we sending the wrong message to others? Because believe it or not, the message we're sending to ourselves is evident in our action, the way we greet people, the way we communicate with people. Everything is exterior. The interior for us, if we're not constantly communicating and understanding where we're going, what we're doing, what's detrimental to my success, it's got to be very visible for everybody else to see. So for me, being able to self-reflect and honestly, actively listen to my story and not being able to live in that moment and being able to pivot when I need to pivot and move and dodge when I need to move to dodge, it's very, very important. So for me, listening is mission critical for me. It's what made me self-aware. It's what allowed me to, to really understand who I am and what I'm about. And realize that either stay in the path that I was on or change. And I didn't like the path I was on, so what did I have to do? I needed to listen to myself and I needed to you know, exercise change. I needed to change and listen to myself and listen to the story. And that ultimately changed the story because I wanted a different result. Right? What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result? That's what I was doing for 15 years. So I said, hey, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing that anymore. If I want to change, I need to change for me, but I need to reinstall new beliefs. I need to rewire the brain no different than I'm looking at your laptop right now. What happens when you have a computer that's got old software? It runs slower. So what did I need to do? I needed to update the software to make it run faster. I had to do the same thing with actively listening to my story. I needed to update my beliefs, update my mindset, so that way I could perform and make ultimately take myself to the next best version of me to help me achieve what I wanted to achieve. So actively listening is huge when it comes to that. Yeah, no doubt. And both you and I deal with clients on day-to-day basis, that, that listing is going to be very powerful in our industry. And I know you well enough to know you could back up and coast. You, you're better than most salesmen in the industry. You're better than a lot of salespeople in, in, your, in your company. And so you could say, you know what, I, I'm better than all them. I don't need to go stronger and do more and do it. But, but you're so driven that, that you want more and you want to do better. And you can, so why not? 
and 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 I like that about you. So tell us some of your real world experiences of success. I mean, what what have you done that you just felt really good about? Hey, I I, I had this goal and I achieved it. Yeah. So for me, if I look back, it was funny. I I had a long drive to Hollywood yesterday with a, a fellow peer and. Um, Name's Joe Marino, and we were we were driving down to Hollywood to go have dinner at a nice restaurant, and we were talking about you know just our mindset for you know a long time ago where we were we were always constantly thinking like hey geez they just put a quota on us for four million dollars how in the heck am I going to get to four million right and our thought process was well four million was really really large right and my mindset always was geez what am I going to do. I can't get to four million. I work in the third smallest state in the country. How am I going to get to you know four million? So for me, in hindsight, looking back at what I achieved in 2020, is I took something that because remember every year you, your business, me, my business, we all start back at zero, right? We all start back at zero. We start from scratch. Okay. Last year I took my business again, January, from zero to 33 and a half million dollars. Well, what attributed to that? What was the success in that? Well, the success was, hey, I raised the bar. I knew where I wanted to be. You see some of my posts on social media. 2018, I said, hey, I did 21 million. Sorry, 2019, I did 21 million. I said, bring on 2019 and bring on 30 million. So for me, I set that bar so high that I knew, hey, I had to stretch. And for me, I never lower a target. No matter how hard I try, I never low, lower a target because I want to think and do what the dominators do. And what do, what do dominators do? They set really lofty goals because for them, it's always going to be a stretch. And for me, my success wasn't achieving the 30 plus million. It was the success in achieving was Hey, I told myself I was going to do something and I went and actually did it. I committed. I had a vision. The vision was 30 million. I had to get my mind right to say, hey, what steps, where do I need to be mentally in order to help achieve that? What's my thought process around going into achieving that? And then what action am I going to take to help me get those results? And again, it all lies, goes back to specificity. Right? We talked a little bit about in the first part of this conversation about getting laser focused around who, what, when, where, why, how. And I got laser focused on that goal and I applied that same mindset, that same drive, the same commitment to help me achieve that ultimate success. And that ultimate success was a better, better version of me. I was better for achieving that. So what did I do in 2020? I said, hey, bring on 40 million. Right? Not many people have done 40 million in my space. Bring on 40 million. I knew it was a lofty goal. It was a lofty bar, but I knew in my mind I had to envision 40 million. I had to be able to honestly focus on what do I need to do to be able to help achieve it. But I had to start with a vision. 40 million is my goal. 40 million is my target. Now I'm reverse engineering to say, okay, it's a new year, new challenges. I started back at zero. What do I have to do differently? And I know, you know we know each other, so you, know, you don't do this stuff by yourself. I mean, you got a team. How do you motivate your team towards your goal? I mean, that's a lofty goal. And now you got to get buy-in from others. We're doing this. 
how do you do that? What, 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 what tools do you use to motivate the team? Relationships. Number one is a relationship. When we are able to be ourselves and have relationships and be able to have open, honest, transparent conversations, they buy into me. Right? Just like I buy into them, it's almost like we're re-engaging, reselling each other, recommitting to each other about what we want. So for me, even though my goal may be 40 million, that's part of their goal. Right? Because if I can help them achieve their goal through doing what I do, and they're willing to help me achieve my goal doing what they do, which is operations, recruitment, people. When our goals are aligned and they're seamless, we're paddling in the same you know, same direction, what do we get? We get better results. Right? So for us, it's really about that communication piece. Right? It's about developing those relationships and understanding, are you in the boat with me or aren't you? Because if you're not, then we're both not going to achieve what we want to achieve. Right? I don't believe anybody will ever meet my standards. And I don't expect them to. But I expect them to be in the boat with me. Commit. Right? I expect them to commit. Take massive amounts of action. I'm always trying to influence and inspire, not motivate. Inspiring is something that pulls you. Motivation is something that pushes you. I don't want to motivate them. Because motivating them is only pushing them along. I want to inspire them to want more, be more, have more, maximize their opportunities, right? So when I can do that through building that relationship, building them up to help them get the result that they want, which is ultimately the result that we want as an organization. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So, so what other challenges? I mean, let's just be real here. There's some challenges associated with these goals. What kind of challenges do you face and, and what do you do to overcome those? Challenge, biggest challenge for me is it's same every year, right? We start back at zero, right? And where we don't, if we don't know where our next meal is coming from, right? Our next opportunity, uh, it's scary, right? We can all sit here and worry, right? And a lot, I talk to a lot of people and what are they doing right now? They're coming out of January and they're having oh poop moment. What do I do, right? Like, I got to change my result. I'm behind the eight ball. It's January. What do I have to do differently? Um, for me, that's the biggest fear, right? Is, is saying, hey, I'm in worry, worry mode right now, okay? I'm in worry mode. Everybody else I see is in worry mode, but it's getting us out of that worry mode and getting back to our core beliefs. Our, what got us here may not get us to our next best version, but it will help, right? I believe in when you do things for 14 years wrong, and you find out what it takes to win, and you do that, replicate it over and over again, It'll help me get the result. But the fear for all of us right now is it's worry, right? It's it's not knowing, it's not being able to see what a project pipeline looks like out six months or 12 months, right? It's the worry about losing our workforce, right? That we don't keep them employed. It's worry about not training them to help them get the result they want so they leave. Those are the things that worry me because at the end of the day, it's all about results. Right? So for me, that's what keeps me up at night is the, the worrying about others and worrying about what happens if we don't. But for me now, it's, it's, it's collectively getting together with you know, folks like you, uh, other coaches and mentors, because I'm not perfect. I may win, but I'm human. I still suffer from the same things we all suffer from, right? Worry, fear, you know, 
me, I think um, it's really going to come down to really looking at the team, looking at the people that I'm connected with, looking at what we're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and really look to see if that's uh, the right activities, the right attitude, the right approach to help us get the result that we want. But for me, not knowing where our next meal is coming, not knowing what the year is going to look like, that's always a scary place. I think that's part of your winning is staying hungry. I'm great to have you as part of my network, Rob. It's, it's great. You're inspiring to, to, to call and talk to. So listen, uh, we got to end the podcast. How can our listeners, well, you, know, you said LinkedIn, what are other ways they can get a hold of you? Uh, they can reach out to me uh, by email. It's rmaynard at trueblue.com or rmaynard at peopleready.com. Or they can find me at top1% on Instagram. Or they can find me on LinkedIn. That's wonderful. And for our listeners, I'll add that to the podcast description so you have Rob's contact information there. Listen, it was great to have you on the Build Your Success podcast today. We want you to go to our website. Suggest someone to be a guest on the show or apply to be a guest yourself. We'd love to have you do that. The website's www.buildcs.net. Listen, we'd love for you to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.